Fuck. Bang. Tap. Hit that. All euphemisms that people use around the world to describe the notion of sex. But have you really realized that when people describe sex, it's not all in good fun? It's all words that describe power tools. Things that have to do with power. And as of recently, a very powerful individual was held accountable for something that he shouldn't have done. And like any coward, he went ahead and took his life, not wanting to take responsibility for the actions that he did to hurt those around him. In this episode of So About Yesterday, we're going to explore the idea of forgiving people who've done you wrong and forgiving yourself. I saw about yesterday, you guys. As you've heard earlier in the intro, you might have noticed that the intro was a little bit abrasive, inappropriate, out of line, but I did that purposely to set the tone for today's episode. Now, before we go ahead and get into our topics, let's go ahead and introduce our host. We have JR representing New Jersey. How's it going, JR? What's going on, man? So glad to have you on the show and, and chance. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You don't have to introduce myself. But Thanks for making me yeah. feel like a dick. No, but I want to go ahead and introduce um, a very important person, you know, someone who I think is very brave, Sarah Maurer. She is representing Kalamazoo. How are you doing so far, Miss Sarah? Hello. Doing You're good. doing good? Good. So, um, is that like one city in Michigan, you know? Pretty much. That's, That's a city? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I want to live there just the way it sounds. It's, it's insane. Um, but to really set the tone, you guys, um, the reason why I wanted to introduce Sarah last is she has a story that, you know, I think is very important for everyone to hear. And because we have a platform and we have a responsibility to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Just like our last episode, if you haven't checked it out, it is live. It is called So About the Truth. But since we're speaking our truth, Sarah has decided to, you know, you know, just tell her truth today. Just to kind of parallel and give you guys an idea of what it really means to not just forgive those who do you wrong, but forgive yourself and forgive the crazy world we live in. So, Sarah, you know, before we talk, you know, I just want to say that we are here to listen and that's what we're going to do. And too many times, I know my wife tells me this all the time to listen, um, but many times listening is the best thing that you can do. Um, but as you tell us your story, we're going to listen. We'll ask questions later. Um, but here you go. Sarah Maurer, take the stage. Please, I will, you know, listen. I, yeah. I've got the floor. <laughs> I know I don't, I don't talk that often. Well, I talk, but, you know, not quite as... Not quite as much. So this is uh, my my time to have a whole story. Um, I know we're talking about powerful people and the ability to forgive yourself. So uh, especially with Epstein in the news recently, um, as well as countless others that have come out through the Me Too movement. Um, through women giving a voice to what they've gone through, which is so harrowing. Um, because most of the time when it comes to any type of rape, uh, there is a lot of stigma, uh, on victims and a lot of that stigma is always towards them when they're the victims and not the perpetrator. Um, so I wanted to be able to talk about how I've seen it um, through life and through my my looking glass. Uh, so I'll, I'll just get into it. Um, and to be quite honest, I've never told this story uh, in complete full to anyone. Um, I've told it to a, a few people that I know personally um, or have deemed them 
worthy of of knowing but i've never i've never done it in a large setting like this and i think um over the years i've always kind of wondered if I could tell it on a larger scale because I never felt like Facebook or Instagram um, or any kind of social media was the right path. But I really feel like because we get deep, um, because we talk about um, our feelings and and just really uh, dig to the depths of our soul in this podcast, I uh, might as well do it myself. Um, so... 10 years ago, actually almost exactly 10 years ago, um, I was in college, uh, 2009, and at the time I was, I think we've talked about it in the past when we were talking about bullying, um, I was bullied in college, um, I had a lot of uh, female friends that decided to turn against me and use me as the butt of their jokes and play a lot of uh, terrible things towards me. Um, So at the time, I was in a really low uh, place in my life. Um, I was living in a dorm all by myself. Um, I had a few friends, so I wasn't completely alone, but it was definitely a mentally trying time. Um, there was a cotillion that we would all go to, um, in probably September, October, somewhere around the fall. Uh, and you would go to the, I think it was the flower gardens in Pittsburgh. I went to a school outside of Pittsburgh. Um, so everyone would get on a bus. Everyone would go to this huge, fancy flower garden Museum, whatever it was. And um, I think at the time I was 19, probably 2019 or 2009, I was 19. Um, and I think I maybe pounded like three Mike's Hard Lemonades uh, just because I wouldn't have been able to drink at the cotillion. So I decided, like, I'm going to have a few of these drinks and then go and just enjoy my evening. Um, So I got on the bus, and the friends that I did have weren't going with me. Um, They were staying behind. It's a very Catholic school, and the ones that I was friends with during uh, the bullying um, were very secluded and introverted. So they were like, no, you go ahead. So I went. um, I bought a ticket, and I was on the bus, and... Uh, this guy in a tux with, and he was wearing tux shorts as it was like cut off shorts, um, was sitting in one of the seats across from me and he had a leg brace on, um, because apparently he had just injured himself. I don't know. I don't remember if it was from sports or not. Um, but he was a senior and I was a sophomore. Um, and we started talking. Both of us were a little bit inebriated um, from a few of the drinks. And uh, I think later I found out that he might have been on some painkillers while I was drinking. I'm not sure. But um, so we went to, you know, the bus drove out to Pittsburgh. Um, and we were talking on the bus. He was so gentlemanly and nice. Um, he was flirting with me and, uh, just acted like I was, uh, so beautiful and so charming. And, um, he asked me if he could kiss me and I was like, Oh yes. Uh, so, you know, we, we kissed and he was like, would you like to be my date for the cotillion? Cause I don't have one. And I was like, sure. Um, especially at a time where I had a lot of self-esteem issues Um, I was like, oh, this is so nice. And there were no red flags. He just seemed like a super nice, good-looking, funny person. Um, So we go in. We go to the Cotillion. It's a gorgeous place. It's a huge museum uh, with a whole bunch of flowers and, um, and, like, plants and everything. It just looked fabulous. 
Um, we'd go in and uh, you know, he was a senior, so he could drink, you know, so he'd gotten a beer or so. And I just kind of hung back. And at this point, after like an hour on the bus, and I say hour because of traffic, I maybe uh, went to school about half an hour from Pittsburgh. But about an hour or so, <clears throat> my my buzz was wearing off. Um, and we're, we're at the place and he was still being so nice. And I'm like, oh, so it wasn't just my feelings. I just, he is a nice guy. Uh, he was even telling like, um, the, like, you know, uh, barman and the, uh, the door holder and everyone like, oh, I'm such a nice girl. And, um, isn't she gorgeous? And I'm so glad she's my date. And just really really Frank sinatra it, like, going to town on the gentleman stuff, and I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing, like, uh, I'm so glad that this day is happening, um, and, you know, we, we danced, we hung out, uh, it was going fantastic, um, after the cotillion, uh, we got back on the bus, um, and I don't know if you've ever been, you know, to, like, on a bus as a teenager, or even, early twenties adult, but, uh, it's dark on a bus. You're, you know, probably going to kiss. So we kissed a little bit on the bus. Um, and he asked me if I wanted to come back to his, uh, apartment at the time. Um, a lot of, of the dorms were like buildings and a lot of those buildings, you'd either, you know, have a roommate or it was just like kind of one room, just like a normal college dorm would be. Um, but for seniors, there was one, uh, building that would have kind of like an apartment complex. So three or four people could live with each other and you kind of have like a kitchen and like you had everything built in. Um, so I was like, sure, that'd be great. The evening was going fantastic. Um, and I went back, I mind you again, you know, reiterating, I was not intoxicated at this point the three Mike's Heart Lemonades like six hours ago had worn off. Um, and we started kissing, um, and making out. And so we ended up on his bed. Um, so, as, as it goes, um, and most of the time when you're you're getting intimate with someone, you, you know, you're like, Oh, like, would you like to do this? And I said, no, like, I just like to make out. I just like to kiss. At the time, I was a virgin. And I uh, went to Catholic school. Uh, I grew up pretty Catholic. Um, and I had made out with a bunch of guys. Maybe I had taken my shirt off, if we're being super honest. But never, like, gotten super intimate. Um a lot of my friends called me a tease, uh, being like a Catholic girl. And, um, I specifically told him like, no, uh, that's not what I want to do. Like, this is just so great. Like we're, you know, I'm enjoying it and, um, let's just, let's keep this going. Oh, but you would, oh, you would love it though. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I just, this is kind of where the buck stops. It's, I, I know, but it just, that's, uh, that's not how I feel. Uh, just this, this is what I want to do. And I'm very specific about it. Oh, uh, but it'd be so good at this part. I'll be honest. I had my shirt and pants off as a underwear. Um, but I still kept to the same sentiment. No, it's not. I don't want to have sex. It's not what I want to do. This is enjoyable, but why don't we just like snuggle, um, why don't we just, you know, make it, continue to make out like we're doing for two hours. Um, and everything seemed fine. And like, again, he was gentleman, didn't do anything. Um, and I, I felt safe because there are instances where I've been, I, I won't lie. And I'm a woman of the world. And there are definitely scenarios where I'm like, I shouldn't have done that. And this was actually a scenario where I was thinking to myself, like, this is okay. All right. Um, I feel safe. And I think, you know, as most women do, like, I, I just assumed that the, the no would be a no, that that would still be a thing. 
Um, so we probably stayed up till maybe like three or four in the morning and then um, we fell asleep. And then probably like nine or 10 o'clock in the morning, um, I woke up and he was having sex with me. And I don't know how to explain it, but it's kind of like you, it's kind of like you wanted something, but you knew that you, you didn't. Like you had specifically said no, but you didn't have the ability to say no. And I immediately was like, like, what's going on? Like, what are you doing? Um, and it was, it was kind of like, well, you know, I I thought you'd like it. Like I told you it'd be enjoyable. And I was like, no, 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 no. You know, I, and I didn't get upset. I'm almost, I'm almost angry with myself that I didn't get upset. Um, because I thought in my mind, like the whole night had went so well. Um, I don't know if you've ever been in like a scenario, like a conversation where you're just like, okay, I got to go now. Um, and because you're, you think you said something stupid, so you got to leave and you just want to be out of it. Um, so I, you know, threw on a pair of his shorts, um, threw on a t-shirt and got out of there. And honestly, I was, I was very confused. Um, because and I, I don't want to place this on my upbringing, because I love my parents for sending me to such a nice school, but I don't think I ever understood or knew what that meant. I don't think till years later, I fully came to terms of the fact that that was rape, that I hadn't asked for it, and that something that I can't ever get back was taken from me. So in my mind, I don't know if I pushed it out. I don't know if I just decided not to think about it because I actually did the next day. I asked like two friends that didn't go to that school. Like this happened. It was so weird. I wonder if he's going to call me. I feel disgusted that I was curious if he was going to call me. Like I, but I think I was, I was like, if maybe he just really liked me or maybe he just, you know, that like, he just misread my signals or I was trying to make a justification for it that shouldn't have needed a justification. And over time you start like trying to figure out in your mind, like why I would do that. Why didn't I go to the hospital or why didn't I go to the pharmacy or, you know what I mean? Like, when you're that young, you don't, especially not that educated about sex, you don't really like think about what the repercussions of anything that happened were. Um, so I think that's what my brain was doing, just pushing it out and making an excuse for it. So I even, I even, um, like texted him and like asked like, Hey, do you want your pants back? Um, you know, cause I have your clothes and like, uh, I sent them through the fucking post office mail at school. Like here are your pants. Like maybe we can hang out sometime. And I just like, it infuriates me that I did that, but I, I didn't want to think that that's what it was. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to think that he didn't like me. And the self-esteem portion was such a hard, like, issue to deal with at the time that I was like, maybe, you know, maybe he just didn't mean it. Maybe it wasn't what I thought it was. And my friends were like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened. But no one had told me it was rape. No one had said, you know, you didn't ask for that. It was just kind of like a, and I mean, both of my friends were in, their 1920s so they probably didn't think of it either as as that because at least in the early 2000s uh that's not it there's not the same kind of understanding of what what constitutes consensual sex and 
I think I'm so glad now that college students, teenagers, adults, anyone can see that there are multiple different kinds of sex because for 10 years I've pushed all of that feeling down without coming to terms with it. Um, I think over maybe the last five years, I've definitely, um, you know, sometimes you, you think to yourself, like maybe these things that I do that either sabotage me or, um, or our crutches are the reason that I, maybe I just don't want to think about it. Um, but it's, it's such a, a difficult topic because one in five women will be, you know, are likely to be raped in this country um, in some point in their lives. One in five. So if you put a room of 10 of your best girlfriends together, two of them are likely to be raped. And I think that's what upsets me so much uh, about college campuses, about women's rights, and about um, just the culture in America that we have. Because I think that sometimes you need to take back what's happened to you. You need to own it. Uh, For a really long time, I followed the guy on Facebook. And he would, Jesus Christ, he would like some of my posts. But I kept him on Facebook so I know where his ass was. Uh, So it made me feel more comfortable. I knew where he lived. Um, I knew what he was doing so that there would never be a point where I would have to come in contact with him. Um, And it, that was comforting. It was uncomforting to know that maybe he doesn't know what he did, but I think that he does. Um, I think that when we talk about how there's miscommunication between men and women and we talk about the different types in quotes of rape there. I don't think there's a miscommunication. I think between consenting adults, anyone over the age of 18 is what I consider a consenting adult knows, um, what words mean and knows what physical mannerisms say yes or no. And someone that's not conscious doesn't have the right to say yes or no. I think that if you're in a loving relationship with someone and they, they want to wake you up by that, that's fine. Um, and I think that even for me, I've never really struggled with having sex with someone. I think that, um, I think that I, I do need to get a little bit more comfortable with people. And that's always why I've kind of been friends with someone first and then, uh, become lovers. I think that's definitely a thing for me that, uh, I have noticed as a, a pattern because I want to make sure, which doesn't sound at all crazy because most women do that because we want to make sure you're not going to kill us. Um, or we want to make sure that you're not going to harm us. Uh, but I think, I think someone just needs to, and someone by me and everyone else, sometimes you just need to, to own that strength because I don't let it define me. And like uh, Chance and I were just talking before this, said that he would never have assumed that about me. And I, I don't think it's something that you would assume. And I don't think it's something that someone would tell. And I think that we should feel okay to tell people our past. And if you want to keep it a secret, you should. If you don't feel comfortable telling it, that's fine. Um, but I think that you should know that it's way more common than you think as a woman or man, if you're listening to this, that people struggle with things that you wouldn't immediately think of. And some of us do really well with 
bearing that burden and some don't. Um, so when we talk about Epstein and, and the mental, not problems, but, uh, the, the mental, not capacity. I'm trying to think of the trauma. Yeah. The mental, thank you. The mental trauma that he put people through, um, that are never able, you can get over it. You can work with it, but it's never going to be out of your mind. So, uh, it's just something that you live with. And I think for, for me, it, it feels empowering to tell people I was really grappling with the fact of if I wanted to talk about it on a podcast. Um, but I think I've, I want to be able to say something because people need to know that it's not, it's not a stereotype. It's not just sex workers. It's not just women of color or minorities, uh, white women. Uh, it's not just women, it's men, young boys and girls. Um, people deal with things and it's mentally traumatizing. And, and sometimes you really have to learn how to keep going with the flow. And I hope that you all can, if that's something that you deal with, but that's my side. Wow. Well, I mean, I guess I can speak, you know, for everyone that's listening, especially for myself and Jr. that, you know, we really appreciate you being as vulnerable, vulnerable as you are. Cause we understand I couldn't, we couldn't only imagine, you know, what you've been through. I'm not going to say that I know because I don't know. But from what I've heard from other people, it's a very intimate thing that you're sharing, especially on a major scale such as this. And, you know, I think listening is a big thing. And like you said, a lot of times we talk about the aggressor, but we never talked about the victims. You never hear about their side. You always say, oh, you know, number 12 who got raped, not, you know, the person with the name and a background with the history. And um, before, you know, just, just you know, because I see like my, my my sister and stuff, I care about you greatly and dearly. I know JR feels the same way. But because we post our stuff on social media, and I know you're going to post this on Facebook, and more than likely he's going to hear this. If you had the clear line to just say what you feel and then just to... If he was right here, right now, and you could tell him how you feel, I mean, and you don't have to do this, um, but what would you say to him? If he was here or he was listening right now, and he heard like, oh man, you know, that's that's crazy. Man, I, I can't believe she's bringing this up, or man, I didn't know that. But I think it's safe to say that we all know what we're doing. People know when they don't want, you know, certain things. I know that when I set my alarm to wake up at a certain time, I know that when I press the snooze button, I'm purposely going back to sleep. I know that when I'm, I know what time I'm supposed to go to work, but if I'm late, I know that if I knew ahead of time that this is my livelihood, maybe I should leave a little bit early. So as human beings, we know. And I think as a victim, I don't think you're a victim. I think you're more so a victor, simply because of you sharing and telling your story. And once again, I don't, and I, and I feel like, once again, this is your podcast. This is JR's podcast. This is our show. This is your home. And um, like, Leah, like I said earlier, like I would have never known that you were raped. Like that's, that's insane. When I think of people that are raped, I think of, you know, the crestfallen individuals that always are hanging their head low. People that are, you know, kind of very the emo-ish type, you know, wear like a a sweater, leave me alone type thing, but you're such an animated, beautiful, amazing individual. And I'm so happy that you did not let that evil and that shitty situation steal your joy. Similar, well, it's not even similar at all to when I went to Putacana, because I was talking about stealing joy, but I guess when I was saying that shit, you knew exactly what I meant when I was talking about, I refuse to let someone or something steal my joy. Yeah. And, and you deserve everything that you get in life. And, um, but I'm, I'm going to shut up and I'm going to listen because you guys know I do a lot of talking. 
But the best thing can be in this situation is listen. So if he was here, if he's listening, what would you say to him? Do you forgive him? Are you angry? You know, just just be honest. This is your home. This is our home. And he can't hurt you. I definitely, um, I definitely don't forgive him at all. I think it was a um, piece of shit move on his part. Um, and it's it, it's always been mentally hard for me. I've uh, I was actually when we said we were going to talk about this topic, I started uh, reading a book called Asking for It. And it's by Kate Harding. Uh, it's really good because it discusses uh, the rise of rape culture in America. Um, and I had highlighted a portion because um, she had said in practice, we tend not to treat it as a serious crime unless there's simultaneous evidence of another one. So if you're assaulted badly enough to leave physical evidence or kidnapped or murdered, you send a stand a far better chance of people believing your rape was an unspeakable crime. The only thing that happens, however, is someone decides to use your body without your consent. Well, it's not like he hurt you. It was basically just bad sex, wasn't it? So I think that's where I I think I really align with that because I I always thought about that in my mind. Um, I wasn't beating the shit out of. Um, I wasn't forced into a van. Um, it just, I, I put myself at the wrong, no, the wrong time. No, but I, no. I don't think that anymore. No, right? good. Thank you. Good. I, good. I don't think that, but I think for a long time that I did, that it was my fault. And I don't think we should tell people that it's, I don't think that we should be posting lists on Facebook for women to stay safe in a, a parking garage. I don't think that we should have to feel like we need to walk with our friend in, at night because there's safety in numbers. You should do those things. They do give you a higher capacity of staying safe, but I think that it's bullshit that we should have to do that because there are so many times where people that you feel comfortable with that you think is okay are going to be the ones that do it. And I don't, I don't think I could forgive him. I've, I've thought about it a lot, whether or not I would like send a message and be like, do you even, do you even know that you did it? Do you even give a shit? Do you think about it? Um, so I think I would tell him that he made my life very difficult. Um, I think I'm stronger for it. And I think uh, I had to learn a lot of things quickly about how to deal with myself and the mentality of that. But um, I think that he needs to get the help that he deserves. Um, and I, I think if you're, if you're someone that does is struggling with those thoughts or ideas, um, on our actual last song list that we made um, on Spotify and iTunes, um, Kesha actually wrote a song um, called Praying uh, about her rape by her manager. Um, And literally every time I hear that song, it's just, it's all the feels because you can hear her saying like, I hope, you know, you're somewhere praying because like I don't fucking care about you anymore um you don't deserve all of the time that I've spent thinking about this problem you're the piece of shit I think maybe that's what I would say oh I mean yeah I mean I'm not there's nothing I don't think personally is appropriate to like follow after that I think I mean, because this whole episode is all about focusing on yourself. Yeah. Because many times we allow ourselves to get stressed out, stay up at night because we give that person who did us dirty more power than they deserve. Because at the end of the day, I, I bet you your bottom dollar that they're sleeping perfectly fine at night, but allowing their fuck ups and their screw ups and their issues and their insecurities that they placed on you by bullying you and doing you wrong. Um, 
is not right to yourself. And uh, Jr., I mean, I'm good. I'm just. I know, man. Like I'm, I'm just listening in, and it's just like it bothers me. It, it, it just cringes inside the whole, the whole thing. Like the way you were explaining everything, I'm, I'm visioning. You know, what I mean, I'm seeing this, and it's bothering me because you're a friend of mine's. But it bothers me more because people don't realize the actions that they take. Like, how do you not know what you just did? Like, how do you not know the long, the lasting effect that that was just placed on that person? The trauma that you just put them through or um, the thoughts that that run through that person's head for the rest of their lives. And you came out stronger, but other individuals don't, you know, and it it's upsetting to me because they had to have something happen to them that it got to that point where they, they think that it was OK because he acted like everything was OK or or many of them have acted like it was OK, no matter what, who the individual is or anything like that. Like, I don't I don't understand it. It bothers me if I was a seed on TV. It bother it, it cringes. Like there's moments that I see things that you know it's leading up to that. And you're telling the story and it's leading up to that and it bothers me. It's cringing. And if it doesn't bother you and doesn't thing doesn't cringe your 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 inner self, there's something seriously wrong with you. And I think you need to seek out professional help before something happens or already has happened and you don't even fucking realize it and it, it, it I'm, I'm not I'm not like I don't I don't even know how to react to it because I'm I'm thinking and I'm just feeling all these emotions of anger of because you're a friend of mine and for some for for you to go through something but then again you come out so happy about it and and not about the situation but like your outlook on life and everything in general. Like not once you've shown me like anything that that has affected you because people running, they have their own issues that they're dealing with. And yes, you're dealing with this issue, but you're dealing with it in a manner that it's like, it would never come off. Like, like Chance was saying, you don't see that in you. You don't carry that. You don't have that like uh, uh, something festering in you that that's rotten you from the inside you don't seem like that and you've grown from that as a person and I hope that people are listening and realizing that if you're one of those people who think this is what she just said didn't cringe you or didn't bother you something seriously fucking wrong with you and if you're a person who this has happened to or you ever feel as though you're in a situation, always really think everything through. Make sure that you know there's other individuals that you can talk to. That we are in 2019 and back then we didn't have the technology that we can look these things up. We didn't have that that availability that we, we can go on social media or something like that. And now you're able to have that voice and everybody says it's a Me Too movement or whatever. I, I believe it's always been there. It's always been a, an issue that we just thrown to the side and we should never. And there are there are a lot of different like um, places. I mean, even with the internet, like you're right. There are, I mean, there's always been the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Um, but even in times where people feel really low like you you can go on the internet now you can go to their website and you can chat with someone in a text message which is insanely amazing uh there and there are lots of different groups out there um people to talk to and even just like calling that hotline like you can speak to someone but i think the great thing too is that like uh, therapy has gotten a lot more, uh, I don't want to say mainstream, but like t- 
talking to a therapist or like just having the ability to get stuff out there um, and just tell your truth, I guess. Like there's so much good about this next generation of like people feeling so free to talk about their issues, whether it be depression or rape or eating disorders or like there's so many things that you can like discuss that it, it really can you know overthrow that stigma and, and people should feel comfortable being able to talk to someone about it. Well, I guess this kind of leaves us for our section because I honestly don't feel comfortable Really, because there's nothing that top that, and I think everyone gets the point that you know we're all gonna go through something, and I, that you know what I mean that takes the cake. But obviously, the idea is, as you know, Sarah has obviously forgiven herself, mm-hmm. and that's why she's able to move and and do what she's doing. But she doesn't have to forgive, you know, those who did her wrong. She was a virgin who got her virginity taken away, but. You know, once again, when I started off this podcast in the beginning, I gave you some really uncomfortable words, words that you weren't expecting. You know, so I was basically raping. I was simply trying to give you the kind of shock value that, you know, not just Sarah, but many other people around the world don't expect. You listen to our show on a daily basis, then all of a sudden I start seeing the F-bomb and what the hell is going on? But, but essentially, we're just trying to really drive home the fact that you know this anything can happen to anyone you're not too black too white too male too female to have something happen to you and um if you yourself or if you know somebody who's been sexually assaulted you can reach out to the national sexual assault hotline at 1-800-656-4673 we'll have the information posted in the, in the show notes and also you know with with the amazing technology that we have uh, we have we don't have but there's an app called GeoShore and it's a complimentary app that you can download on your Android or iPhone to let you know kind of the safetyness of the neighborhood if there's any child molesters if there's any you know if you're like a part of the LGBTQ community it'll tell you how safe it is for you in those neighborhoods but once again like Sarah and JR has been saying that we have a lot of things accessible at our fingertips um, but essentially, it's the same shit, different toilet. No matter how much technology we'll have, you'll still Not have people. Happen. Exacto mundo. But um, but before you know, we kind of end this off, Jr. I mean, what final final thoughts and all? With all this technology, with everything that's going on in the world, I think the most important thing is that we need to stand by our friends and be there for them. You need to. And also be able to be honest with each other and talk to each other. Because here's the thing. You opened up to some friends and they didn't see what you realize now. And maybe those individuals, not saying that they wasn't the best of friends, but they, they should have seen what it was. They should have helped you out and and made sure things were okay with you. And that's I think that's what what bothers me more is that us as people are not talking to each other and we're missing out on getting people help that they deserve because we're too scared to open up to each other. We're too scared to say these truths and be honest about what's going on in our lives because we're worried about how people would view us or what people would think. And I I think we shouldn't think that way. If you would have had other individuals to speak to at that moment and they told you what it was and they walked you through everything and you didn't find this out on your own you didn't have to go and not saying you went to therapy or you didn't or you did or but you wouldn't have to go through those things you would have had a friend there you would have had as long as we was able to have people or individuals that would be open and honest with us and we would be open and honest with them but because we, we can't do that, it's it's bothersome. 
we shouldn't have to go to a, to an individual who's biased about everything because they don't know us to get the answers that we're looking for. We should be able to go to the person that that knows us, that 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 we can trust and we, we can rely on and say, hey, I feel comfortable enough to tell you this is what happened to me. And they give you what they they know it's true. You know what I mean? They give you the hard facts and they're, they're honest with you. And we just need to just be more open with each other. And I think this platform is great that you, you was able to open up and explain what happened, explain how you feel about it. And and look at you now, you're, you come up on top like you are better for the for the fact that you was able to say what you said. And it's not because of what's going on in the world. It's because it's you've been walking around with it the whole time. And for you to walk around with that and to say, you know what? I'm not doing a Me Too movement. I'm just, I've gone through it. I've gotten over it. And it's past me. I can talk about it now. I wish it never got to that point that you had to get, you know what I mean? Like you had to figure out on your own, but like, I'm just getting lost in it because I'm so angry about the whole thing. As you should be. And that's a natural reaction of, you know, when you're passionate, when you care about someone, of course, and I'm, I'm angry, but I have to move this show, you know, I have to, you know, but we, we know what's up. Sarah, my goodness, before I send us off, I mean, do you have like any like final thoughts at all? Because, you know, obviously, Jay and I, we we're we're trying to be as professional as possible, but we are going to be extremely proactive now that we have the information and we know what's up. Now we can take that knowledge, move forward and encourage others, especially during this show, being, you know, the first step to really let people know that hey you have a safe space that you know we're here for you but once again I'm going to shut up finally and let you uh, do the talking before I send this off but Sarah please. No I just want to say thanks for everyone to listening to my story Um, and I think it's great that people are, are getting educated more often now. Um, that teenagers and even adults are more educated on what what rape is. Um, and no absolutely means no. And that you shouldn't feel uncomfortable going to the police. You shouldn't feel uncomfortable telling your parents. You shouldn't feel uncomfortable telling your friends. Um, and you shouldn't feel the need to hide it. Um, and there are people that will listen. And if you need to call that hotline, you should. And there are ways to better yourself because at the end of the day, you're a fantastic person and the decisions of others don't have to necessarily justify your life. Um, you should feel as though you can still accomplish anything that you set your mind to. Um, Maya Angelou uh, is one of my favorite writers and, and she went through the same thing um you can take the trauma or the situations that you've experienced and put them towards your art you can put them towards your work you can harness that energy towards something um good and I think that uh we should all start changing the conversation in the culture in the United States towards respecting women and respecting uh, what anyone, whether it be man or woman, uh, says. You should, I'm, like I said, not a huge believer in religion, but 
Jesus was wrong when he said, you know, love your neighbor as thyself. Like, don't do something that you wouldn't want done to you. Because it has long lasting effects and we should all just love one another. And I think that I'm super uh, interested to hear myself listen back to all of this. Um, and I just really appreciate that everyone took the time to listen. So. Okay. Damn. That's like really beautiful. And, you know, it's just. Thank you. That's just, man, just, it's good to listen. Listening is good. I know my wife tells me to listen all the time, <laughs> but you know, I, I finally yeah. understand what it means to just listen because listening you know, it's just as powerful as talking. You know, sometimes you just need to ear and you just need to get stuff off your chest. Yeah, man. Yeah. There was a gentleman by the name of Louis B. Smeets. And he said, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. Tonight, we realize that you no longer have to be a prisoner of your own thoughts and of someone else's wrongdoings. You can be the victor of a very terrible situation. Turn around, use it as a catalyst to make it something beautiful, and inspire other people to do great things. This has been a very special episode of So About Yesterday. Sarah, thank you so much for just being as vulnerable as you were this evening. JR, thank you for being the awesome big brother that you are. You're strong. Everyone else. You got this. Yes, you got this. And, And together, we're So About Yesterday. And we really appreciate you giving us, you know, your ear. And we love you. And uh, we'll leave the hotline show notes. We'll leave the hotline number in the show notes. So if you yourself are going through sexual assault or know somebody, you can make that phone call or find someone to talk to. All right. Thank you. Bye.